You can get in your fancy yells, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. These are the last days of Arnor, the northern kingdom of Elendil's folk. A great and terrible foe has awoken in the land of Agmar. This fell being is known by many names, save for that given at his birth. Sorcerer, Ringwraith, Nazgul. His only purpose is the ruin of Arnor and the destruction of the Dúnedain. He is the Witch King of Agmar, first amongst the Nine, and chief emissary of the Lord of the Rings. With Arnor at its weakest for many long centuries, the Witch King leads forth his army from the foothills of the Misty Mountains. The Black Host flows through the bones of corrupt Rundar, sweeping away everything before it. In the havens of Linden and Rivendell, counsel is taken to determine how the dwindling power of the elves can best oppose this threat, yet whatever decision is reached will come too late for many in Arnor. Within days, the Witch King's army has crossed the Wither Hills and laid siege to Fornos, capital of Arnor. Fornos's defences are typical of those built by Numenor's children, towering stone walls and carefully designed bastions. Against mortal assailants, such defences would hold fast for many long months, yet it is not merely orcs and trolls that are bound to the Witch King's will. The Master of Agmar is a wraith to whom lesser spirits are bound, fleshless creatures unhindered by stock and stone. At the height of the siege, many such creatures pass into the city of Fornos, seeking royal blood. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and I have here with me today, Jeremy. Hello. And special guest, Nick. Uh, I'm actually Boromir. You're also special. And a guest. Special guest, Boromir, a.k.a. Nick. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Not with 10,000 men could you record an episode. (laughs) We needed about that. (laughs) I'm going to lose it on this one. And today we are doing a scenario spotlight to kill a king. And thank you for that intro, Jeremy. No problem. I quite enjoyed reading about to kill a king. Mm. I also like the introduction. There's a little one at the front as well, which I want to share with people. Yeah, absolutely. This is the first intro and this is the first part I read about and I was so inspired. In this scenario, the forces of the Witch King have broken through Fornos' defences and are seeking to rob the defenders of their leadership by killing King Arvendui and Malbeth the Seer. The evil player has many powerful pieces at his command, but is limited by strict victory conditions. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Got to make the most of those powerful pieces. And the strict victory conditions. Mm. Yeah, watch out for that. I think they're, they're mixing the sort of background of the, the game with the rules and things in one interaction. Not so good. Mm. Absolutely. So uh, let's get into some of the rules of this scenario. So what have we got, Jeremy? Oh, it is a scenario. Where's it from, Matt? Uh, this, what book is this? This is The Ruin of Arnor, where Arnor gets ruined. That wasn't a trick question. It's from The Ruin of Arnor, which has been one of the books. It was from quite a few editions ago, I think. It was the, the blue rule book one. And I'm going to look up what year it is. Written by Matthew Ward and 2006. Good Lord of the Rings author. Hmm. Lots, so that, of, lots of good scenarios by Mr. Ward. Yeah, so that's one of the first few released after Return of the King, I would imagine. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was too far. There was actually quite a few in a short space of time, which was surprising because I think at that point, believe it or not, we actually complained that people should slow down their releases because we couldn't keep up. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those heady days. Yeah, 2006. Oh, what fun. That was over 10 years ago. Wow. Mm. We're getting old. So Crazy. in this one, participants, we have a small number of models. And I'm going to go for the historical participants because you can do some points ones. But that would be English. lame. Yeah, if you don't have the models, you could do that. We've got, on the good side, Avendui, the last king of Arnor. We have Melbeth, the seer. We have the captain of Arnor with shield. And finally, nine warriors of Arnor. Good participants. Mm. Yep. Yeah, solid. Yep. 12 models. Yeah. 
But that's only one side. Surely that's only one side. On the evil side, side. Okay. they've got powerful pieces, remember? They have powerful pieces. Very powerful pieces. Which one's the most powerful? Can you tell the us? The shade is the most powerful piece they have. Mm. Arguably. Okay. Okay. Then we have two Barrow Whites. One is incredibly powerful and the other one's a bit substandard, but yeah, we'll go so into good. that. The other one's trash, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. But two of them. Oh. Identical profiles, one much better than the other. Yeah, definitely. And six Spectres. Mm. I'd say they're the most powerful pieces. Yeah, well, the, actually, the whole Evil Force, every single one of them is really powerful and you n- really need them all. Yeah, lucky if, if you didn't have those strict victory conditions, it'd be a pretty poor scenario. <laughs> that would be very tricky. It would be hard to keep those powerful pieces in check That's without right. the strict victory conditions. That's right. That's all right. So we'll go to the strict victory conditions, actually. What are they? I feel like this is the time to bring it up. The evil player wins using its powerful pieces by killing Avendui or Melbeth. That's pretty strict. There's only two models. It's very if strict. If they fail to kill those two people with their powerful pieces, or even their not-so-powerful pieces, and they're wiped out before this happens, the good player wins. Oh, if both players meet their victory conditions in the same turn, so if Avendui or Melbeth are killed and the evil player is wiped out in the same turn, the game is a draw. Matt, how does that happen? Uh, that would happen somehow. I'd oh, imagine s- some stuff running away. Possibly. Yes, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's basically both things running away. So it happens maybe at the start of the turn because you don't, you don't end the game as people run away. You end at the end of the turn usually. So mm. just say, I don't know, Avendui fails a courage test and runs away, and then a, a warrior of Arnold kills the last spectre. In fact, I think uh, Arvidui and Malbeth would both the other have way to around. run away. No, I think they'd have to be both breaking, because it's once it's wiped out, you oh, win the game. Yeah, evil would definitely have to be wiped out. Oh, but yeah. it says on the same turn, so I guess you've got to the end of the turn, I think, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. basically, if you lose both, both heroes... Both um, Malbeth and Arvidui would have to drop in the same turn. So no, because no, you only have to or, kill one. Or you kill one of them, and you've met your conditions. Oh, right, okay. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't think the conditions are very strict, because the scenario is called to kill a king, but you can kill Malbeth instead. Definitely not as strict as advertised. Yeah. There's a little bit of leniency there. Melbeth's the seer, he's not a king. He's not Melbeth the king. He's Melbeth the seer. He's Mal- yeah, he's Melbeth yeah. the seer. Yeah. Is the seer yeah. a different word for king? No, no he's it's the definitely not. Oh, okay. He's the one that prophesizes about the Witch King, doesn't he? It says that the Witch King cannot be killed by a man. He is indeed. No, no, wait. No, that was Glorfindel. That, that was Glorfindel. definitely Glorfindel. What did Melfindel, Mel, Melbeth do? Uh, probably some stuff. It gives I'd people imagine. a five up save. Apparently. We've just got an expert consultant in the background here has just said that he. The prophecy of the Stone of Eric, I believe. Yes. yes. In the paths of the dead. Yeah, the dead of Dunharrow would mm. come back to fight for the true king. The mm. True king, mm. which is not Avendui. No, he's the last come back king. in this he's, scenario. No, he's he's gone way before then. Yeah, perhaps Malbeth didn't know that. Yeah, perhaps he thought success was around the corner. Mm. It was not. We have special rules in this scenario. Oh, tell me, I like special these rules. special rules. Well, you tell us, Nick. Here oh, you go. Okay, so special rules. There's only one. It's in bold. Protect the king. Uh, Avendui's guards. Is that how you pronounce it? Avendui. 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 Yeah. No, there's no n. There's definitely no n. Avadui's guards are determined to defend their liege. Any good model within three inches slash eight centimeters of Avadui, excluding Avadui himself, may reroll any failed courage test for the duration of the scenario. So when the scenario ends, you can't reroll them, but during That's the scenario, true. you can. Very good. I mean, it's a bit disappointing that you can't do it afterwards, but we'll take what we can get. Mm. Mm. I well, don't think we should brush that off because that is a that's a massive change to the rules for it because you've got these courage two warriors of Arnor essentially and you're giving them re-rolls while they're near him. Yeah. Yeah, which really determined how you moved, how you used Arvidui yeah. in the scenario, definitely. It's quite an elegant rule because it encourages you 
to make a little formation with your, your troops and it makes them substantially weaker if they get away from his influence. So I really liked it from a flavor point of view and from a tactics point of view. Honestly, mm. when I first saw it in the scenario, I thought, gee, it'd be cool if he had that rule all the time. That'd be an amazing rule. But, you know, it's pretty, It's very balanced for the scenario. It works out really nicely. Yeah, some of the rules they write for the characters seem to be written particularly for scenarios and they end up having some funny interactions once you get them into to points games. Mm. So I like that this one was special. I think that's... It seems to be something you could probably play off and take some real advantage of if you didn't. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we know what dwarf shield bearers can do, so... Yeah, we don't want to make him a dwarf shield bearer. Yeah. But this... I really enjoyed this scenario. I thought it was a lot of fun. So we usually talk about the board size and the setting and a bit about the starting positions, then we go into our game here, so... Ah, so the board size uh, was 3 by 3 wasn't it? 3 foot by 3 foot. Yeah, yeah. it's a different size yeah. to most of them. Jeremy yeah. was pleasantly surprised when he found that out. Yeah, because I had a three foot by three foot board of ruins, because that's what it has, and and sort of ruins with some growth. They look quite ancient, and I was going to pad it out with my forest and things like that in the background, and I didn't need to, so I was very happy about that. It's a nice size board. Yeah, your board actually looks better than this one in the um in the book. They usually do. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it was really much. nice. So you've got a palace. They've got ruins of the royal palace in the center. Yes. And um, Melbeth and Arvadui have to start touching one of those, um, and they have to be twelve inches apart. No, no closer than twelve inches to each other. Yep. In the deployment, um, and then and the good player deploys first, and then he deploys the warriors of Arnor anywhere around that. So, the way I did it was put them close to both of those characters, um, and then the evil side deploys on any board edge, essentially touching the board edge, yeah, yeah. which is yeah. good. A lot of times I put these on a four foot by four foot board and say go within six inches, and this is a nice way of doing it. It means that because in this scenario you can move people against their will, it means there's only so far they can actually get away from from the the combat. So that, that's a nice touch. Mm. So should we talk about some of the changes that we made because it's an older edition? I think so. And I think we should probably talk a little bit about the characters in there, what they basically do, because people may not know what all of them are because they're not really common Lord of the Rings mm. characters. They're a bit, bit they on the... They should be, though. Oh, they should be, absolutely. So on the good side, first of all, Avendui, compare him to a, a King of Men or a Captain, Matt. What did, what's the difference? Yeah, so he, he's up there with a the King of Men, pretty much. Uh, he has an extra point of might. And has lost his fate point. I think otherwise he's pretty much identical. Yeah, pretty close yeah. to it. He might be, there might be a point or two off there. We don't too worry about that. But yeah, you get three might and no fate. So mm. at that point he could be weak, but he can also use that extra point of might, which is very handy. And he's also got that special rule in this scenario, Malbeth. What's Malbeth? Ah, Malbeth. Good old Malbeth. I've seen him pop up a few times because have, he actually. he grants a five plus save to every friendly model within six inches. Is he friendly to himself? He is indeed friendly to himself. He quite likes himself. He's, yeah, that, that's annoying. Solid mm. self-esteem, yeah. So because he's got the gift of foresight, uh, basically if someone gets wounded, you roll a, essentially a fate save for them, but it's a five plus fate save. Mm. But as with a normal fate save, you can probably use some might on it. Absolutely, yep. yep. So that's, that's pretty solid. And you've got the Captain of Arnor. You do. Now, he's uh, very similar to a Captain of Minas Tirith. Yep. However, he has the extra fight value, much like the Warriors. And he has one less courage, again, like the Warriors. Yeah, mm. So Fight 5 is really handy in games that pretty much aren't this one because the Fight 5 does makes a hu- doesn't make a huge difference in this one. It makes none at all, unfortunately. But the Courage of 3 does actually come back to bite you occasionally. It does, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, so you've got to hang out around Avadui. But otherwise, a solid model. And the Warriors of Arnor are pretty much Warriors of Minas Tirith. One more fight, one less courage. So mm. they've got, But they've all got Spear and Shield. Yes, yeah, so that's Courage 2 for those playing. Courage right? 2, yeah, which means if you're going up against the Spectre army, you might be in trouble. Mm. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> well, Courage 2 is not great. 
for those who don't know. This is where Matt was supposed notes. to do the fell light is upon you rule, and it was going to be oh. our smooth transition. Oh, the fell light is... We well, rehearsed this, Matt. How many people out there don't know about fell light? I didn't until really? I played this scenario. Okay, well, it's exactly like the Mirkwood Sentinels. Oh, come on, <laughs> say what it does. <laughs> uh, any enemy model within 12 inches can be forced to take a courage test, and if they fail, may be moved up to their maximum movement distance. As long as they do not perform, I believe, any complex actions or move into any control zones. Yeah, and you can only do it once them. a turn. Or, yeah, yep. anything that would harm them, yes. Yep. And you don't have to use line of sight of this. You just have to be in range. Correct. And you can do it You do it while the spectres move. So if they get engaged, they don't get to do it. Yeah, much like a spell. Yeah. And this can be, in the old rules, you were saying, Jeremy, that that could have been done on the same model multiple times. I think that might have been our tactic initially. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I seem to remember you could do this more than once. It was definitely, yeah, possible back in the day. I think you could also uh, force models to dismount and to lie down and all sorts of crazy stuff. I'm not sure if you can still do those things, but it's it's irrelevant for this scenario. But the basic tactic for this one used to be just hit someone with multiple fell lights upon them and pull them towards you and then trap them and yep. kill yep. them. Yep. And the, the other change, I think, was that the specters now use blades like the Army of the Dead. Is that yeah, right? so they yes. have the Blades of the Dead special rule now. That's just the... Hobbit rules, and that's a change from the old Lord of the Rings rules. Yep. So they are now wounding against the courage, which is actually a pretty massive difference. That goes for huge difference too, yeah. Yeah. So it's much easier for them to wound the Warriors of Arnold than it otherwise would have been in the past. Yeah, yeah but it's much harder to pull them and separate them. Yes, so, so it kind of balances that. out. Yeah, it does a little bit. So it makes for quite a different scenario than what it would have been. Yeah. yeah. Now we also have the Shade, which was... This is the only scenario that the shade's actually been written into, and I feel like it was written particularly for this scenario because it has a an effect where any of the models fighting within six inches of it, any good model, subtracts one from the die roll to win the combat. So that's the dual roll now, is that called? Yeah. Yeah, the dual roll. Dual yes. roll. Yep. So it was he's a hard to kill, three wounds, courage of one and three will, so likely to run when you break, but does this huge effect and is really hard to take out in combat. So that basically keeps the specters in this game really well. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting the way that Arvajui's rule and the Shades rule actually end up forcing you into two separate bubbles yep. that would really, really want to fight together, and then the Spectres are trying to pick things apart. So, yeah, I, the Shade clearly was designed for this scenario. I absolutely agree with you, Jeremy. It, it just seems to work so well with it and is a little bit overpowered. <laughs> In uh, in standard play, so overpowered, yeah. a little bit play. overpowered. It is a little bit. Well, think of it. It's designed to have what you've got eight other models in it. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's bubbles only ever going to affect nine models itself and the eight others in this this game in their combats. Whereas if you put it on a big game, you could potentially get a huge amount of combats in that that radius or of the six inches, I believe it is. Mm, so. Huge. So it's in a situation where you're outnumbered against better fighters. Yes. And that just doesn't happen normally when you take a shot. No, no, it doesn't. You tend yeah. to take lots of basic fighters and, and improve them. And mm. you've got one other type of model. Barry White. Hey, baby. The Barry Whites. Mm. Yes. Two yes. of them. Imagine Indeed. the sweet, sweet music they'd be playing. One plays sweet music. The other one goes to sleep, I think. Mm. The Barry Whites have probably one of the best powers in the game in Paralyzed. Once you get within six inches, you can cast it. If a model fails it, they automatically lose combat and the count is trapped. So that's really nasty. And then they have to go through this whole procedure at the end of the turn where they roll a die and if they get a six, they're unparalyzed or deparalyzed or what's what's the word for that, Matt? I have no idea. Oh, damn. <laughs> what what are you on for? Unparalyzed. Unparalyzed. 
And re- then re-limbered, relived, <laughs> revived. revived, revived. That's even better. I like that one. We should invent that word. Yeah, that's a good word. So they get revived. If a friend is near them in base contact with them and hasn't fought, they can help out as well. Roll a die, and if they get a six, the hero gets up as well. So the more people shaking, the more likely. Yeah, the more likely up. they are to to be unparalyzed or revived. If you want to use some strange language, I know it's probably not right, but the way I imagine this happening is that the Barrowite actually just sings to the models in really soothing tones, and then it falls asleep, like love making music, baritone voice. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it does, isn't it? This is Tom Bombadil chapter. I think it was all singing in that. Oh, chapter. that's that's canon for sure. Do you know who would know? David. David would know that. David would definitely know. David. Do the Parowites sing? Most powerful magic in Middle Earth is done through songs. Our powerful is through Oh, they do sing. The okay. Parowites okay. do so sing. The, the quote we got from David was, the most powerful magic done in Middle Earth is through song. How powerful do you think the Barrowites are? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely very powerful. They are definitely singers. Barry White is a quite an appropriate name. Or maybe mm. the Barry White was named after Barry White. Maybe he was. That seems to be how it works. So you've got this interesting... All spirit army against a real tough to crack army, but with really weak courage. So mm. the spirits actually have a good chance against them. It's um yeah, it was really played out very interestingly when Matt and I played it. Yeah, it okay. Did. Talk yeah, about yeah. your game. Let's go. Yeah, right. so we kind of I tended to ball up, and the way Matt deployed was on two separate flanks, and I thought. So who was playing what? You were playing. I was playing good? the good guys because yep. I'm the good guy, and I was playing the spectres because I'm clearly evil. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so. What I wanted to do, my plan was to try and kill off a group before the shade got across, because obviously the shade goes in one group, and try and get rid of half the force and then outnumber when I had to engage with the shade. And I think it worked relatively well. Yeah, yeah. When when it started off, it was, you know, you got everything together, which was the first step, I think, in this scenario for sure, because mm. you need everyone in range of Arbadui. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's fir- step number one. Huge. That time. that re-rolls. Uh, suddenly, you've got a better chance of passing the courage than failing. So, that's yeah. really handy. Phenomenally better chance. Phenomenally? In- incrementally. Exponentially. Slightly Some better chance. Some amount better chance. Uh, somewhat than you had better. Prior. So, getting them all together at the start, great. Worked out perfectly for you. Mm. Um, from there, you did absolutely push in one direction and... It, it just sort of turned out that my Spectre and my Barrow White were able to quickly get away and sort of mm. push back. And, and yeah, it, it sort of all delayed it from there. And then I was picking a few guys from the back of your ranks and slowly getting a few kills. Um, it, <laughs> it it got a bit crazy towards the middle there because <laughs> the poor Barrow White, the, the single Barrow White that Nick had decided to target, just got completely surrounded and twice in a row managed to stave off how many dice do you think you I rolled? Think you had, I think I rolled at least 14 dice both times. Yeah. Wow. So, so ridiculous. Approximately not one six. 30 dice rolls, no sixes. And it so took me two points of might to eventually kill it. Yep, yep. What so. did the other Barrowite do? Is he anything impressive or was he now, the, the other bad Barrow one? Now, the other Barrowite was watching this onslaught and just thinking, I might just, just wait a little bit here. I might just, just wait before around, I get around. in there and start throwing my will around. Um, the, by the way, the first barrel I did manage to paralyze Malbeth. Yeah, he did. He but did. it was more of a, an escape strategy than any offensive pressure. Yeah. Like he just ran away as soon as he paralyzed. Yeah, he took him. all of Malbeth's will. Yeah. Um, in the first turn, and then the next time, and then he failed one, and then on his last point of will, he paralyzed him. I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So he didn't get any attacks on Melbourne. There was one round of attacks, but had some spear support and those sorts of things. I, th- I think in that first, like, you just, oh, no, not in the you first just one, went straight right. in there yeah, and yeah, right. picked him back up with yeah. like eight dice or something. So, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you did kill off the Barrow White, 
and then everything turned around and headed back to the center where yeah. all my force was. Yeah, so there was some um, terrain there with some doorways to defend yeah. and those sorts of things. So I kind of sat there with captains and, and had some spear support and just hid in the doorways. The shade decided to sit in a doorway. <laughs> yeah. And the captain was like, hey, this is fine. Let's fight it out. <laughs> they had the epic jewels, didn't <laughs> they? And uh, yeah, the captain ended up killing him. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. So it takes a lot to get through shade in combat. Mm. It does, yeah. I, I think I started out in the doorway and the captain actually managed to, like, through a series of maneuvers, managed to get through and was defending the doorway himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah, like, get yeah. out of my doorway. Yeah. yeah. I adore this place. <laughs> um, and then so he, yeah, eventually wounded the, the shade enough to kill it and then eventually started to get ahead in the numbers. I had some pretty clutch yep, yep. courage tests that I managed to pass to get charges off and those sorts of things and got a bit lucky. Um, I think you wounded one of my warriors and Melbeth saved, saved it. And then that warrior then killed that spectre. Um, and any, anyway, eventually it came down to everything running away except for the sh- the Barrow White. And I'm like, oh, I've got this. Yeah, it already wounded Melbeth and taken his fate and all that. So he's on my I, I was all ready to shake Nick's hand and say, well played. Good game. And then I charged him with everyone. So surrounded mm-hmm. the Barry White um, and had something like, I think I had nine or 12 dice or something. I think it was eight. Eight I think dice. Eight, eight attacks, dice, yeah. yeah. And... Didn't roll higher than... I was out of might at this point. I didn't roll higher than a five. Yep. And that should be enough for a Barry White. It should be. You would think so, but Barry White said, my darling, I can't get enough of this game and rolled a flat six. It wasn't over yet. And then bang, he wins the combat. Yep. Everyone pushes back. Melvis paralyzed or he's okay? No, he's okay. He's okay. So he's, he's going to shrug this off. He's, he's only on one wound, wound, but you know... He's, he's got foresight. He's, he's got foresight. Yeah, yeah. He's right. And then... Barry White rolls a five. Boom. That's a wound. That's a wound. Oh, good. Oh. That's a wound. Ooh. Oh. And then Melbeth. Melbeth saves it. Rolls to save. Yep. Rolls the dice. Three. Melbeth dead. Uh-oh. Game over. Melbeth gone. Barrow White on his own against eight Arnorians. Drops Melbeth and saves the day. And end of turn, there's one Barrow White left on the board. And no Melbeth. And no, no Melbeth. Melbeth. Win to the evil side. Mm. Victory. Nice. And we were speechless for a good 10 <laughs> minutes afterwards. Now, the smart play would have not to put Melbeth in. Yeah, you did that. That would have been but, the smart uh, play, yes. But that wasn't cool and fun and thematic. No way. No. Yeah, no you that would have been the lame. Right thing. You did the right thing. So Nick managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory very well then. <laughs> That's right. Oh, very impressive. A lesson to everyone there. If you want objectives to kill a character and you've got a surplus of models, don't put that in the one combat left to end the game. <laughs> Do do that. No, absolutely do that every time. And win courageously. Do it every time. It's fun. Yes. Be a man. (laughs) Get in there. Hey. So that was good, yeah. And then I got so excited about about this, so I demanded that Matt play again. Did you change sides? I did, yeah. So I decided to play the Arnorians this time. I was pretty happy with your deployment, so I ended up um, copying copying it. Yeah. (laughs) I did put a few more Arnorians with Arvadui instead of Melbourne, I think. Matt took about 17,000 photos of this game. And so he actually set up in exactly the same way. For the first game, there will be a full battle report one day. Oh, yeah. Spoiler oh. alert. We shouldn't have told you what happened at no, the no, end. No, they've already listened to the battle report. It's, it's too oh. late now. Or they haven't Or they haven't seen the battle report. They're listening to this. They'll forget all about this. They'll see the battle report in a few years. Okay, cool. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah, cool. let's tell our listeners what they're going to do now. Oh, yeah. good. This is good. This is good. So Matt set up like that. I thought I'm going to steal Nick's. No, I steal Matt's tactic. I'll out Matt Matt with Matt's tactic. So I split up the ghost into two groups. Yeah. The combat group with the shade. Good plan. And Barrow White. It was nearly identical, actually. And four specters. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the decoy group or the bait group with... Barry White. A Barrow White and two specters. Oh. And Matt proceeded to, to go forwards, get, get into a group and go after that small group. Did you catch it? 
He did. Oh. He did. I, un, well, not underestimated. I just miscalculated a little bit and probably set it up so he could get into combat off a priority roll, whereas I should have safely set it back. So even if he won priority, I could still maneuver and split up. So Matt managed to charge in, locked me in combat. That turn, you killed my hopeless Barry White and my Spectre. Is that right? Yep, one of the Spectres and the Barrow White. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So uh, at that point, I thought this is going to be a really tough game because I've lost two models. It was two models all at this point because I had managed to pick off two stragglers and drag them back into my main battle line. So that's we've lost can, two that's models. simply got to happen because uh, evil has priority in the first turn, which I don't think we mentioned earlier. But yeah. yeah, so you can use that to pick off ones that aren't near Avendui mm. and move them towards yourself. Because you get to deploy as well, you can set it up so you, you can potentially charge them first turn if they're close enough. Otherwise, you can set it up for turn two. So I did. I managed to get two, which I was pretty happy with for no loss at that side. But I screwed up my other other flank and, and had to work there with what I was doing. So I was a little bit behind. And Matt managed to get a ball right in the middle with all his heroes there. So no no one was out of three inches at that point. It was perfectly perfectly placed, really. It was a perfect line. Matt relaxed. Thought, I've got this game. Game over, bro. I was stressed. <laughs> I thought, I've got no chance, but I'm going to keep going. Because that's what you do in scenarios. And it was worth it. Oh. <laughs> it what was happened? so worth it. Our lines clashed. Ooh. I, I charged the shade immediately. I, I identified it as the number one target. And the shade, I was actually leaving my shade because I thought this is the, the only one that can survive a couple hits. Let's all hide behind the shade. So I pushed that forward and we basically went full speed towards each other, really. Yeah, we just slammed into each other. It was great. Mm. Then we, so we engaged. The Barrow White, the only Barrow White left because he just saw his fellow Barrow White get knocked out. Do not get to use a single point of will because mm. I stuffed up that. He was hovering around the outside, did his first paralyzed spell. He started singing. Oh, baby. Singing at Avendui, who was engaged mm. in the shade. Ooh. Managed to take off Avendui's will <sighs> and paralyze him. Oh, both! Both. I think I rolled a one and a two. I could have used all three might but to didn't. resist the spell, but I chose not to. You oh. cannot resist Barry White singing. No, you can't. It's too good. This was a mistake. So, I had that and I had... I had one chance. I thought, this is my one chance to get it. I'll go at it with my... Was it my shade? I think it was. Or was it... The shade went after him first, I The shade, shade went after him. I thought, I can wound here. I've got a one in 36 chance of winning the game here. Two wounds, double sixes. This will get me the game right now. Ooh. To that point, Matt said, no, I've still got Malbeth save. I looked and went, you do? And that changes the odds? Who cares? Let's roll. So I rolled. Did you power up your dice? Powered up the dice. Oh. I did the David stance. I rolled them across the table. One went off onto the floor. Oh, up, more tension. Didn't get a wound. No wounds. No wounds. No, no, no wounds. But I had a chance. So I was feeling pretty good because usually if you get a chance to win a scenario, even if it's a long shot, you've at least had a go. Mm. So I had a go. Next turn, Barry White was still singing. Oh. He sang at the captain. Yeah. No, he sang at Melbeth. He never really stopped singing for the rest of the game. He kind of kept singing. Yeah. Who did he sing at? He no. was singing. He sang at Malbeth next turn. Malbeth. No. Was it? Yes, Malbeth. It was, was Melbeth. Malbeth was... The second target of his uh, so he s- melodies. So he sung away. Same result. Rolled a five for his for the dice. For Identical the result. Melbeth picked up his two will. One and Nope. Two. No resist. Could not resist Barry White. Did Avendui get up? Nah. So Avendui was, was <laughs> paralyzed? Just no. Melbeth was paralyzed. Oh, too paralyzed. Captain was still two engaged. Down. Do you know what I like? I like that even though he's paralyzed, he still gives off his seer save. That was Yeah, amazing. that was impressive. Yeah. Yeah, the foresight of paralyzed. It's it like sort of twitches. In a couple of rounds, I'm going to be paralyzed, but you still need to jump out of the way of these swords. <laughs> At yeah. this exact moment. Yeah. yeah. Just don't get killed. Yeah. So I thought, this is this is a chance. And Matt was playing it reasonably well that I can only get one model into Avendui. I played perfect. Matt had this, this keen strategy, and I really like the strategy. 
he took his spearman behind uh, Avendui. Yeah. And I said, you can't get through that gap. And Matt agreed. He said, but I can jump over Avendui. I'm going to leap over his comatose body and into combat. And I said, no, that's fine. Go for it. Pass your terror test. I did. I promptly did. Pass your terror test. Yep. Jump over. Two plus. Rolled my dice thinking, yeah, sure. No, two plus. Two, two plus. plus. Two plus to jump. And then the, five fate, and six chance. the fateful words tumbled from my mouth at this Matt point. Matt said at this point, anything but anything a one. Anything but a one. Oh, you cursed him. You can't say anything but a one. <laughs> no, you used the secret, but it was bad. Listeners, please never, ever speak those words while playing a game. Because, of course, please I Please do it against me. That was really good. So he failed to leap over, and I still got another spectre in there, ready for my two attacks this turn. Ooh. Roll to win this turn. And this time... Melbeth, on the ground paralyzed, managed to prevent them. Oh! I believe two of them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you spent some might, I think, for this. No, this one you... No, that's right. You did one wound, one wound. and I actually spent one might on it, I think. Or two might. Two I, yeah, might I, think, I think you used some might to prevent yep. it because it was a fate save, and we had a bit of discussion about that. So there was another shot I had to win the game. So I was doing pretty well at this point. Two shots. But I wasn't really killing anything. Nothing was really dying. We are just bouncing, and Matt was still in his ball. Then the next turn, Barry White, last point of will, last song, the encore, gets up, looks at the captain, sings his little heart out, paralyzed captain. So they're all paralyzed. All, all three, three all heroes so paralyzed good. of one Barry White. <gasps> all failed their will, used up every point of will in Matt's That's army, so resisting good. this Barry White. You cannot resist Barry White. Cannot. Only it was the one. story of the Barry White, really. I just, there was nothing to be done. So at this point, I started to move, peel off the layers, get the spearmen out of the way. Still couldn't couldn't stop it because Melba's foresight as he's paralyzed was preventing wounds left, right, and center. The captain managed to get up. Oh, no. I lost a spectre or two here, but finally, finally the, the luck changed in wounding and I managed to do some wounds on Avendui. Mm. Matt picked up his final saves and no good. No dun, good. Malveth did survive quite a uh, number of attempts on his life. but Yeah, Malveth survived yeah. a lot. And uh, just as an aside, that poor warrior. I, I don't know what was wrong with him. He was just having an off day, but he attempted to leap over Arvadui again and failed again. On no, one. but this time it was my fault. This time I it was said, Jeremy who jinxed it. I said, said anything, anything but a one. one. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Double one, Saraka. That was great. Uh, so, two great games and mm. a fantastic scenario. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was a cracker. Yeah, yeah and, and you commented that it's so different from anything else you'd played because it, it just really is. You've got this... No one's got any archery, but you've got this really skirmishy run-around force with the evil that's trying to pick off the, the good side and drag them out. Yeah, and we the really side, use the whole board. Yeah, the good side's wanting to run together, and you've actually got to charge out. You don't really want to. Yeah, for most part, heroes. both armies do have to move towards each other, which is like, fantastic because you just don't see that very often, really. But you, you're very careful about when you actually engage because mm. if either of you engage in a particular sh- position of strength, you're going to get it off. Like if you've got a yeah. barrow white there to sing or you've got a something else to go, you're, you're happy as the evil player. And then as a good player, you're often wanting to charge so that you can stop the um the fell lights and those sorts of things. You, you want to take your chance to, yeah. to charge yeah. the barrel wide or whatever. So, so just like, being in combat's already a win, yeah. which in hindsight can be a, a bit of a, you know, mm. false, um, false victory there because what you really should do and after playing both games and thinking about it, you want to try and pick off the spectres as quickly as possible. Mm. Don't worry too much about the shade. Uh, you know, if you can engage the Barrowites with just one guy, that's ideal. But get Arvadui and get uh, your captain into a spectre each and kill one per turn. Yeah. 
and you're in a fantastic spot. Solid advice there. Mm. The, the other thing I do with the evil play is if you put everything, deploy everything together, then it's very hard to punch through that. Mm. So but I found the same for good, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, with the five plus saves in particular, mm. they're very tough to kill. Yeah. yeah. And don't be afraid to lead with your shade. Uh, the first game I noticed Matt was just due, due to a force of habit, oh, putting totally shade in the back. And the shade's the one that can survive Avendui or the captain. So mm. you, you put him in the front and... Away you go. So it's because every other game you're like, oh, there's a dragon that's gonna s- just gonna jump over yeah, the top. Yeah, someone's and knock gonna shade magic out. it out or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah no, they c- you can't. You got to beat in combat this time yeah. or break frontline. Mm. No worries. Good scenario. Yeah, I would give it seven hobbits out of eight. Seven hobbits out of eight. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Eleven dwarves out of thirteen for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. One Barry White out of one Barry White. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> is that out of two? No, the other one doesn't count. It was <laughs> <useless>. <laughs> no, it's just one out course. of one. Fantastic. That was a good scenario. Yeah. So go play it. It's from the Rune of Arnold book. If you get a copy of this, get the models there, convert up some more as Minas Tirith if you have to, get the shades going. Um, shades you can make, uh, Spectres, so you can make it of anything. I've got a Hobbit Spectre that's going around. And yeah, you just spectres. dry brush them. <laughs> just dry brush them. There <laughs> you go. And yeah. you're done to kill a king. So thanks everyone for tuning in. And remember, traps win games. And also passing courage tests and Melbeth saves win games too. Yeah, that as well. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.